The Witching Hour with Aaron Mazza is a Mind Garden Media podcast in association with Screw You Todd Productions. My name is Aaron Mazza, and this is The Witching Hour. Hey everyone, it's Aaron. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to my last episode with the amazing Dean Norman. And thank you so much for joining me for a witching hour first. In this episode, there was two, I count them, two guests with me. I have the honor of having the amazing Maxine Miller and the wonderful Christopher Penzak here with me to talk about their amazing card deck, the Magical Botanical Oracle. I had a lot of fun doing this episode, and I know you guys will have a lot of fun listening to it. And if you have any questions at all, you already know where to find me. Hey, Maxine. Hey, Christopher. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I am barely staying out of trouble just the way I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine as well. How has the weather been? It went from... uh, 15 minutes of summer here to 23 degrees during the day. So that's kind of great. <laughs> yeah, they just skipped fall here, which was tragic because it's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually we get about 15 minutes of fall and then, but now we only got five, you know, budget cutbacks and stuff <laughs> like that. And then they just went bloop, just right into winter. And I hate it. I, I don't go outside. It's, it is a, uh, I just don't like the cold. I, I think I'm in the wrong environment. Yeah, I'd say you're in the wrong part of the country if you don't like the cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was either this or Toledo, and I refused to move to Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> that sounds like a solidly good decision. <laughs> Thank you. It's what, it's, what I, it's what I keep saying. No offense, Toledo people. No. Nope. <laughs> I, I loved visiting Toledo. No mud hens. Uh, but just as far as me living in Toledo, I just don't think I could do it because it's cloudy all the time. That's why I don't live in Seattle. Well, I, I'm in I'm in Portland, and it is cloudy much of the time. But usually, there's there's a, a pleasant changing up of whatever's going on, and I do really like that. I came here from LA, where it is warm and pretty and bland because it just never changes. <laughs> all right, so. Christopher has graced the show uh, already one time. So this next question uh, I want to ask you, Maxine, is why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do? Oh, golly. Uh, Well, I came from Los Angeles. I started my career in the greeting card business and... uh, did a lot of industry work because if you are in LA, there is all the stuff going on, the music business and the movie business. And I illustrated uh, props and, and costumes for those things. And it was pretty crazy and entertaining. And at the end of the day, not particularly fulfilling. So um I got interested in in Celtic things and pagan things, and all of the inspiration for that tends to be seasonal. 
uh, and you know the the wheel of the year and the seasons are a big thing. And down there, you just kind of don't have them. So I was drawing this stuff, but it felt a little inauthentic. And then when I finally got here, I was like, oh yes, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. So uh, that's kind of informed all my stuff uh, ever since. That's amazing. I've seen your work like at like at uh, various metaphysical bookstores. I've seen it pop up like in like on Etsy, like or even kind of like uh, where, where else have I seen it? I, I I recognize your style because the style that just sticks out to me every time that I see it. And I really, really enjoyed. I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but I really enjoyed your illustrations and the and the magical botanical. And it kind of had me creeping on you on various social media platforms. I am an expert <laughs> lurker. Well, that does sound creepy, but I was blissfully unaware of you, so no worries. <laughs> See, perfect mission accomplished. Mm. And let's ask another person I've lurked on quite frequently. Uh, for those of you who have not had the, who have not come across any of Christopher's books, I encourage you to go to your local metaphysical bookstore because they are there and they are worth reading. Christopher, why don't you refresh people's memories? Who are you and what do you do? Well, um, I am one of the co-founders of the Temple of Witchcraft, and I'm probably best known for the Temple of Witchcraft series of books. Um, it was a series of six books that are, are essentially the training for our community. And even before we had a formal community, the classes I used to teach. So it kind of takes you from basic, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about witchcraft or magic, but I'm very seriously interested all the way through our training to priesthood um, and into ministerial work and how to serve your community and how to teach yourself. So um, I think it was probably one of the first books that first series of books that kind of was that complete and, and could kind of take the reader through the whole journey. Because um, essentially it was my textbooks. But other than that, I have a, a great fascination with the plant world, which is my bond with Maxine here, and uh, among many other things, and the rock and roll world too. But you know, we didn't do a rock and roll oracle; we did a plant oracle. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, definitely had the um, connection. That's the next there. one, right? <laughs> exactly. I can see us doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mostly you know into alchemy and and forms of hermetic magic and shamanic magic and uh i've written about 30 books at this point so i'm, I'm here there, everywhere <laughs> Oof. so i say the plant spirit familiar was a big part of launching me off in this direction because i had already started illustrating plants that i was growing in my garden and and had an affinity for but that was a whole other level of awareness and and it was it was very inspiring towards you know go deeper with this i got you so maxine i so do you you are a uh, practitioner of the craft is that correct yeah <laughs> you could say that <laughs> yeah it, it it is because there there is no set definition or dogma to the path of the craft so I, it makes me want to ask you this question uh how I, this is probably going to be the world's silliest question but i was always taught the silliest question is the one that is never asked uh how does your art affect your your craft or vice versa well yeah uh the the creation of a piece of art is is 
it's it's meditative in and of itself, but it's uh, it is a magical act, mm-hmm. and uh, it took me a really long time to see it as that. Uh, but but once I started reading metaphysical uh, books and and taking witchcraft 101 classes it was like oh yeah this is that (laughs) so it's definitely connected awesome so it kind of makes this leads me to my next question which is a question one of the many questions i ask everyone who have on my show and it's a definition that again has no right or wrong answer and it can involve evolve and change over the years is i want you both to answer this is how would you define magic, and I will let you, I will let you guys pick who goes first on that. <laughs> Christopher, it's on you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have all sorts of formal definitions of magic, but I'd say I'd always sum it up to change. You know, magic is change. Magic is putting your will forward to create change, um, whether that's change in bringing a piece of art into the world that has never been here before in, in that particular expression, or it's changed in lighting a candle and, and having an intention and having that intention manifest. And sometimes magic is just that sheer force of will of I've decided I'm going to do this thing and I do it. And that is a magical intention and a magical act. So I, I think the most basic definition I have is change. Yeah, see, and that's why I wanted him to go first so I could just say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also, I also will say that for me, I, I, uh, my practice is pretty loose, but I, I, I definitely tie it to awareness Uh, as much as trying to implement change. I just think uh, a lot of magic just has to do with, with observing the magical stuff that's going on around you Mm. because it's there. uh, And, and it just, uh, it just sort of, um, it's just sort of a way to, see things that are already right in front of you, but that you might not have noticed. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. I like that. That's a, I like, I like that a lot. It's, I'm just sitting over here in my, in my little broom closet that where I record my podcast in my apartment. And it's just like, I had a, uh, I just had like a little epiphany. So <laughs> that was something I had never really considered. Yep. I, and also I do record. It's not a broom closet. To clarify, it is a coat <laughs> closet that I have a lot of coats in for soundproofing, and I have cafe lights. Tell me that there's at least one broom in there. Uh, <laughs> the, there, there is a besom right behind me in the corner. Okay. And the hey. That's excellent. <laughs> but I love both y'all's definition on on magic because the beauty of it is is they are both very, 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 very correct. And it's, I have to know, I'm holding a copy of the Magical Botanical Oracle in my little hot hands right here. And I have to know, how did you guys begin the cooperation and the collaboration to bring this beautiful and informative piece of art into existence? What does that process look like? Well, Well, I would see Christopher every year at Pantheacon. That's and, exactly what I was going to say. We have Panthea content uh, for us. <laughs> and, and it was, uh, I, I just started doing them and I was making prints. And, and 
there, there wasn't any rhyme or reason other than this really entertains me. And then at a point I thought, I should do a book, you know, and, and, uh, so, uh, you know, how's the book coming? Well, you know, and, and it just, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, I did a tarot show and everybody that came up to my booth said, when is the deck coming out? And I was like, deck? <laughs> that's genius. You know, so, uh, so then, uh, I got around to one of Christopher's favorite plants, uh, which was our lady thorn apple. And I sent him a print and he just in the most magically casual way said, Hey, would you like me to write this? And I was so shocked that I almost started to message out. No, that's too much to ask for. And then I was just what? Don't tell that. Of course, yes. It was absolutely. I had to pinch myself because it really felt more like a dream than a real thing. But it was a real thing. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I had so much fun. Um, I think one of the things people don't realize about, realize about me because I travel and teach so much is that in many ways I'm very much an introvert, and I don't talk. I can talk to people um, in big groups, but I'm I'm have more difficulty, you know, in smaller settings. And Maxine and I would sort of hang out because your booth was usually in the corner. Yeah. Um, and so I would always sort of hang out there and I always loved her work. And so, you know, we sort of struck up a friendship through that because in the quiet moments of PantheaCon, we'd just start chatting and uh, it just seemed like a natural extension. When she started doing some of my favorite plants, like Mandrake was another big one because we took some of the lines in uh, the plant spirit familiar and put that in that print. And uh, it just kind of unfolded that way. And I was like, oh yeah, I'd really be honored to be a part of this. And uh I was just very excited once I heard there's going to be a deck, so I'm glad I got to be a part of it. It's 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 still I still am pinching myself, but the 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 thing also was that because I know Christopher to be such a plant lover, mm-hmm. I had this hope that it would actually be a fun project because uh, most of the other things that he uh, is writing is pretty heavy duty, you know. So I thought this might be, you know, fun and refreshing and not so serious. Uh, and, and it totally was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when we got the word count for it, I was like, oh, is that all? Okay, sure, we can do that. <laughs> oh, is that all? So well, the thing say... that was great was that they were not expecting what they got. Uh, you know, they were just expecting something sparse and typical that would go in a little booklet. And uh, luckily, our contact at Los Garabillo was uh, a fan of Christopher's and, and you know, really had dedicated himself to letting this be everything that it could be. So when they got the manuscript, we were expecting them to say, okay, well, you know, half of that's got to go. And instead they were like, okay, well, we're going to, reformat this into a deck and a book because we just don't want to cut it so that was quite wonderful and that's a rare occurrence in publishing i can tell you and they did such a beautiful job with the layout i just saw my my copy last week and uh i'm just so pleased with how the book came out and how the cards came out and um you know i I like the layout of it when you go through the editing process and everything but it just doesn't convey just how uh, what a quality 
layout that they did and the way that they situated the drawings with the text and everything it just came out really beautifully i'm very happy with it yeah it was it was so it was just so wonderful to to uh you know i i, I there were a couple tense moments with the with the the art director because art directors can be a little intractable but at the end of the day you know we just had the full support of the editorial people saying you know and so there there were a couple of compromises but they were very small comparatively Absolutely. and <laughs> it was even worded into the contract which you never get that uh we had to approve everything it wasn't going to get published until we were happy yeah oh, beautiful yeah one of my best publishing experiences i mean i've dealt with a lot of companies and um, the grace that they gave us through the whole process and the willingness to see through the vision for both of us was really unparalleled in my experience. Yeah. And I'm Italian. glad he did. I wasn't expecting, sorry, Maxine. Italians, they, they, they love art. <laughs> and as an Italian, as an Italian, I, that's why I love this deck so much. I wasn't expecting to get it. And then I opened it up and say, whenever I got the box, I, I didn't like notice the, the author and then i saw the book maxine miller and christopher penzak i thought uh yule had come early (laughs) (laughs) and then i started flipping through them and then i went to maxine's website and started flipping through her website and this was like an unexpected uh yule gift and i am just smitten with it this is the first deck where I have loved the book and the cards, because usually I love one or the other. Yeah, well, one of the things also I will say for the world at large is that someone with the gravitas and reputation, such as Christopher, never having done a deck was in and of itself, like the world needs this. (laughs) (laughs) The world needs the combination of Maxine Miller and Christopher Penzak. Mm-hmm. Start, start working on both stuff and bring peace to the Middle East and whatnot, you guys. <laughs> I want you guys on it. Um, so I have to ask, what was your all-time favorite card to draw, Maxine? Which plant spirit just really stuck out to you specifically while you were working on this deck? Oh, which of my children? I I don't have actual children. These are my children. But which of your plant children is your favorite? I don't know. I I I I would say that I was particularly delighted with Mandrake because he's because he's he's cheeky, and uh, when we were first looking. For publishing, there was even a little question mark about whether or not he was too naughty yes. to be on the cover. <laughs> yeah, about that. Right? So uh, I don't know. I just uh, I there is just something that is a little extra thrilling about being able to to just stick him on the box and say, "Ha! Look at this!" You know. yeah admiring mandrake it is my favorite it's one of my favorite cards too and uh it certainly reaches out and grabs your attention this is something i would have like if i had a house with like a grand hall this is something i would have right over the fireplace (laughs) so in both 
y'all's opinion, what is your hope for this deck? How do you want it to enrich people's practices or even just their daily lives? What is what was your vision? I know I heavy question. Yeah, well, I, you know, I really want to make it clear that the the vision of the deck itself is really Maxine's, you know, and I really see myself as complimenting and helping that. But my vision for the book and just the spirit of the whole project um, is inspiring people to have relationships with the plant spirits. I realize a lot of them are either exotic and people wouldn't necessarily be able to grow them or not everybody has the areas and the space and the, you know, the time and resources to grow and have gardens or even, you know, everyone says, oh, you can do it on your, you know, windowsill or whatever. But a lot of these plants you can't have on your windowsill. Um, and I know a lot of them because of the poisons can be really hard to, to work with. So I'm hoping this starts to build a relationship, gets people to work with them magically, spiritually curious about them, um, to learn more about them if they can't grow them, if they can grow them, to really do that. Um, but I think it's, you know, one of those projects and one of those decks, there's a lot of, there's a lot of art out there um, and there's a lot used for Oracle decks and such, but there's not a lot of always connected to the spirit of something. And I think that really comes through the cards. And I really want the people to be able to connect to the spirit by using it. So whether they're using it for meditation, divination, magic, all three, uh, but to really connect to these spirits, I think they're great doorways and portals to connect to those living essences because they were done with such care. Well, and that is why we have Christopher, because I am sort of lucky enough to not even be thinking about that through the process. I'm just all about whichever, whichever plant is in front of me at the time and I'm researching it and I'm, you know, getting, getting uh, hate word vibe here, but getting a vibe from it. And, and it's, and it's just kind of a very complete experience. And then I freshly will go on to the next one. So I'm not so much at that point thinking about an audience. I mean, I'll confess on some of them, I just think, oh, people are going to like this, you know, or, or, or people will discover more about it. I, Cause I will say some of the, some of the plants that I just wanted to do because I had an affinity for them turned out to have a lot of really interesting uh, mythology and lore about them. Uh, something, something like the humble Yarrow just has all kinds of uh, interesting uh, and poignant associations. So, uh, so, you know, I reckon at the end of the day, uh, it's a similar goal in that, we're presenting we're presenting these to you and we want you to know about them get to know these these plants they're you know they're interesting they're historical uh they are fun and and uh you know and then like i get to hand it off to christopher to to figure out divination with them but basically the goal is just to almost to like introduce here, here are these wonderful uh, plant spirits. You should know them. Your life will become uh, enriched by knowing them. It was really interesting to watch Maxine go through the artistic process that was so magical. Like I'd say particularly for the last batches of them, because there's a few that were made before we started. Um, 
But, you know, as we're trying to figure out, well, how many cards go in a deck and what will the publisher take? And uh, those types of questions as it was kind of taking shape, um, she'd get really obsessed with, you know, one of the plants because you had to kind of really immerse yourself in it. And it was almost initiatory. Like when yeah. we talk, she'd be all about that plant, which was really fun to watch. And I, I really hope people go through it, maybe not the same exact process, but a similar process when they pick out a card and decide to meditate with that plant. They, they kind of immerse themselves in the way that she did to, to bring them alive. So it was just really fun to watch that process because it was a side of it that I, you know, I was writing the text for it and everything. And I, I've had a pretty good relationship with most of these plants. There's a few I had to research a little bit more about and get to know. Um, but it was really interesting to see Maxine take that dive. Like, I think particularly with like henbane, that was really apparent. Like That was, was fun. Yeah. yeah. Because I was, it was, we were getting kind of getting to, uh, getting to a point where it was getting fleshed out. And then I just, I just said, Christopher, okay, who's missing here that is really uh, important that would be pertinent in here? And uh, of course there, there's a million plants. There are, there are some that are very witchy and very beloved that didn't make it in this go round, but uh, there, you know, okay, we need uh, henbane was one of them. I had never grown henbane. I did not have any appreciation for how seriously weird and creepy those <laughs> flowers are. <laughs> but then it was like, wow, there is a lot going on with this thing. So, uh, so that ended up, uh, I mean, I just, when I vended the tarot show that we had up here recently, that was a hit boy. People really, uh, I mean, it surprised me because some of them, uh, sometimes the lighter things appeal, things like sunflower, uh, you know, you could, sometimes your audience is split between people who just, who garden and like plants and people who are serious about, about the, the witch side of them. Uh, but Henbane definitely spoke to people. So I had a profound experience with henbane when I was visiting Greece. I wasn't quite prepared for it to be growing wild all through Delphi before we went to visit Delphi and just had this really kind of intense experience with it. And then when Maxine showed me the first version of it, I was like, yes, this is it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I could have articulated it in part, but this is it. You've articulated it. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> That's one of the things I really enjoy about the deck. I mean, I love... I love the gritty and dark side of witchcraft, you know, but I also how, like you said, Maxine, it includes plants from the lighter side too. It kind of helped me personally kind of find that a uh, happy medium between the two. Well, something, uh, I mean, something like willow, for instance. I mean, I like, I like willow trees. They're evocative they're a little melancholy but then when i started to actually dive into the research whoo they are witchy as can be <laughs> and very dark and i'm kind of lean towards the goth thing and i was like okay this is my wheelhouse here <laughs> but you do need that balance if you want it to be an oracle because like not everything in life is going to be this dark mystery initiatory type of thing that we see with the banes like that's why i love having the sunflower and even when you think about it there's so much mythology around the sunflower following the sun and 
you know, how it's kind of traveled through the world and become yeah. so ubiquitous, yeah. but you know, it's, it's something that a lot of our ancient pagan stuff didn't necessarily have. So it was important to kind of include those, those stranger things. I love that we included love lies bleeding just such an evocative mm-hmm. name, you know, but such a beautiful plant that people just have in their gardens. Yeah. I think, uh, uh before, before I was more interested in in a witch path and I was just doing plant stuff because I like plants, uh, I think uh, the names of things was almost one of my first approaches to this material because there are things that have such interesting and evocative common names, mm-hmm. you know, and and that was definitely that was definitely one that that grabbed me just right there. What is this? That's that's just you know suggests things. Uh, bleeding heart also just that that was one that I that I I have those in my garden. They have this beautiful, graceful growing habit and you know bleeding hearts i mean to a misplaced victorian like me there's just nothing better than that. so yeah so I, I have to ask the question one of my favorite cards in the entire deck is i love the the rose card it just it's very kabbalistic but i don't understand why it's kabbalistic and i'm sure i'm not the only one to want to know a bit of the insight whenever it comes to the bit of the imagery on that card that's probably one of my favorites too. And I think, um, I don't want to speak for Maxine, but I know for me in writing the description for it, the rose is the the central flower of like the Western esoteric tradition and, and so much of what witchcraft today draws upon, uh, much like the lotuses of the East. And it just, it's like the heart literally and metaphorically of the garden. You know, people can relate to the rose because so many people see it as a sign of romance and love and people grow roses, but it really is that at the core, that five petaled, pentacle mystery that's at the heart of all things um it's the flesh it's the five elements and and um often we see it like with the rose cross mysteries in kabbalah even though we weren't emphasizing the cross there but you see it in the tree of life so um, that has become actually one of my favorite cards i actually have that on my altar right now nice well that that actually that was the thing uh in fact i i consulted a friend of mine um because a rose is such an, uh, it's a ubiquitous kind of thing. Everybody loves roses. This has just got to be in there. But if you Google rose mythology or something like that, you just get thousands of ads for florists and and just the most superficial. Rose means love. Rose means romance. And I and I asked a friend of mine who was uh, a, 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 which who was long in the tooth and whose opinion I respected. And I said, there has to be something more interesting than that. Uh, and she was the one who suggested uh, a, a Kabbalistic uh, association. And she said, you know, this spot on, on the tree of life is for beauty and is associated with the rose. And really? So... Yes, really. <laughs> you know, that just, then it just had to be that. And I also, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm following a witch's path now, but I was born uh, a Jew and I kind of 
felt a little ancestral pull to to do that you know i gotcha it, that that's really amazing it's if i was going to and actually I, I i am going to buy a print and that's going to be the print that i'm going for because i have a new apartment and we're trying to get some art up on the walls and nice <laughs> i can't think of a better thing to grace the walls with so what is next for Maxine and Christopher? Are you guys becoming the new dynamic duo of the witchcraft world? Or what's, going, what's coming up well, for both you guys? I believe the next thing we have together is PaganiCon in, in the Twin Cities area. Um, I'm very excited yeah. about that. We're just trying to get those settled, details settled this week. And uh, yeah, so we'll be going out to that. Sadly, there's no more PantheaCon, so we won't see each other in California, oh, but I'm sure- I really miss it too. Me too. But yeah. But- yeah, we're gonna take on the Tri Cities. <laughs> I have never made it up to that part of the country just because every time I see it on television, there's usually somebody using a shovel to get out of their front door, and that's just not really appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, and I this thing is this thing is uh, around St. Patrick's Day, but I, because of that, I think there is probably a good chance it'll still have snow on the ground. So oh, mercy, so. Where can we find y'all? Uh, give us a little bit of insight about where we can find you, Maxine, and where we can find you, Christopher, for those who have been recording podcasts and room closets. Uh, <laughs> where, where can we find you guys? Well, I, I'm in all the places you would expect me to, to be. In particular, I have a website, MaxineMillerStudios.com. And all these, uh, I think there are there are prints of about twenty five of the thirty three cards that are in this deck. So that's all on there. And I'm on Facebook, Maxine Miller Studios. I'm on Twitter at Maxine Miller nine nine nine. I'm on Instagram at Maxine Miller. And uh, I don't post as much as I should, but I'm trying. <laughs> I am not on TikTok, despite the suggestion of uh, Llewellyn's publicist. Uh, I just don't think I can do the TikTok, kids. <laughs> I feel that deeply. I, I, I'm in enough places, I think, at this point. I'm um, mostly you can find me for business stuff at ChristopherPenzak.com. Um, but today I've been doing a lot more of my stuff in the recent years through templeofwitchcraft.org. But some classes are just through the temple and some classes are just through my own personal site. Um, and I do lots of online classes. So that's a good way for people at a distance to check out some of my work. That's really my passion is teaching. And uh, I've got stores on both of those websites. And we're waiting for our order to come in for the Oracle deck. So hopefully we'll have that on our website soon. Um, and then through all the social medias, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and on Instagram, either just under um, Christopher Penzak or on Twitter, it's just at Penzak. Nice. And that is the Magical Botanical Oracle, folks. It is out now. Go to your local metaphysical bookshop, find it online, get yourself a copy of this. It is by the wonderful Maxine Miller and the wonderful Christopher Penzak. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you both today. I thought this was going to be like juggling chainsaws, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us on. I'm glad yes, that you went so painlessly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to walk out of here and 
not just stay in the closet and be like, oh my God, I've never had two people on at the same time before. I, for some reason, I picture it kind of like moderating a debate and I'm so glad it wasn't like that. Oh no, it's just a nice chance for Christopher and I to chat actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I am totally happy to be a fly on the wall for that. If you ever want to do it again, I'm just we're just going to start a three-way text everybody, okay? Okay. <laughs> well, I will talk to you guys later and again, thanks for being on and everybody go out and pick up a copy of the Magical Botanical Oracle by Maxine Miller and Christopher Penzak. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.